G'day. Welcome to Lunch Muddy, uh, your online and social media home for special situations, workouts, and capital raising professionals. My name is Nick Samios. I am the fund manager and director here at Hermes Capital, and uh, I'm your Lunch Money host. Uh, so a very warm welcome to you. Um, today, we, we're, I think we've called the episode uh, Done Deals. Uh, we're talking about, uh, we're going to take a look at the uh, second tier slash non-bank um, uh, part of the commercial finance industry, um, looking at uh, what, what's going on left of field, uh, away from the major banks. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of movement in all different sorts of ways, uh, um, small businesses in particular and uh, are finding it, uh, the bank the banking system uh, more and more difficult to navigate. Um, and aside from that, there's there's a lot of cheap money around. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of new uh, competitors springing up, and and also technology is changing things as well. So uh, the ways of the ways of doing business are changing. So uh, it's a it's a very dynamic field. It's it's a very competitive field. And uh, I thought we'd actually uh, explore that. And today we're going to be talking to Mark Cutchins um, from Secured Lending, um, a, a, a specialist mortgage provider in the non-bank space. And I'll introduce Mark very shortly. Uh, before we get to that, I would just like to remind you to share, like, or subscribe to uh, our podcast on your uh, favourite uh, platform. I think I'm, I'll, pl I'll plug uh, Google Play today. If you've got an Android phone, jump on Google Play, subscribe to uh, our podcast, and uh, give us a rating. That'd be awesome. Uh, the other thing is, I just remind you that if uh, you're watching live, uh, if you pop a question, uh, we will send you one of these lovely, exclusive, uh, special edition lunch money mugs. Uh, as, as your reward. Okay, well, without further ado, I will introduce uh, our speaker today. Our guest is Mark Hutchins. G'day, Mark. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on. No worries. No worries. Now, you're, you're um, uh, sort of a, a, a part of my experiment of having just one guest. I, I've been told that uh, when I have just one guest that uh, the conversation can get a little bit deeper and uh, a little bit more engaging. So... Uh, it's just you and no me, pressure. Today, Mark. No we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Um, Mark uh, is uh, has had you've had secured lending for five years, I think five years and a month, yep. according to LinkedIn. Um, now, what's uh, interesting when you when I sort of flick through your LinkedIn profile, I mean, you seem to you started in insolvency at, at the old Ferrier Hodgson, which is uh, yep. the breeding ground for uh, for many uh, many of insolvency person. But uh, you went through PwC, but then you got into uh, into uh, a bit of pri uh, private equity. You say you spend yep. a bit of time at private equity and funds management. So I suppose starting your own fund uh, wasn't completely foreign to you. You've sort of been in and around that space in the past. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was. Um, I also there's a there's a smattering in there of um, working at CBA in the workout area also. So yep. kind of dipped my hand into both lending, workouts for lenders. And obviously, the you know the, the more broader insolvency assignments. So yeah. um, I'm still one of the owners of Core Quarters. So um, so I'm still within that business. But you know, a fair bit of my time now is running, I guess, what you would call the family office of Core Quarters, which is the the owners of Core Quarters. I run their money, whether that's private equity or or you know um, debt transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's certainly a very interesting model. I suppose, uh, you know, in that regard, 
you know, it's a, a, you're sort of ahead of your time because, uh, you know, insolvency is not quite what it used to be, is it? Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that it will have a renaissance uh, sometime soon, but but as, as a business model, it has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 obviously morphing um, and, um, you know, no one in insolvency would be saying that it's heady times at the moment. Um, look, where insolvency goes for the next 12 or 24 months, I think is anyone's guess. I think most people have got it wrong in the last 12 months and they'll probably get it wrong in the, in the next 12 months. So um, there's a lot of factors in play, right, and, and, and what the government does, what the ATO does, what the banks do, liquidity environment, you know, all those things play significant impacts on on how businesses behave when they're um, in trouble. But meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, uh, I guess, you know, you, you, you got into this secured lending, um, you know, at a time when, you know, there were other players in that space, but there wasn't a lot of players. There's a lot more now. Um, yep. And I suspect that, you know, when this pandemic cycle fully plays out and the economic consequences fully play out, I, I, I have a sneaky feeling that uh, it'll go back to the numbers that it was. I think a lot of these newcomers, uh, you know, when they actually start having, you know, the first whiff of grape shot, I think things will change. But listen, I have skipped over uh, my my regular question, which is what's been keeping you busy the past week? Um, we're, 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 we're really busy at the moment. So, um, so for the last week, we're, um, we settled five deals, which for us is a fair bit in a, in a week. Um, lots of bridging loans out there at the moment. Um, and uh, so I think that's just being driven by um, the fairly hot property market at the moment. And we're seeing people effectively buy ahead of their sell on the property. And um, I think they're doing that because it's hard to find properties, they're getting snapped up quickly, and they think it's worth the punt to lock in their buy price um, and, you know, speculatively make sure, you know, hope that they can get the right sell price. Um, that finds its way into the private lending space because banks aren't great lovers of the bridging market. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've been doing a fair bit of that stuff at the moment. That's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I I get on Twitter a little bit and I like to follow uh, a bunch of guys that they're all, uh, you know, property doomsayers, to be honest with you, and, uh, and uh, uh, various uh, and economists on the scale from professional down to amateur. Um, and to hear you say that, you know, there's a lot of people buying properties before they sell. Um, I mean, just, you know, that's 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 a very bullish outlook on the market, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it sounds unbelievable, but, um, you know, so normally you'll get a deal and the borrower will tell you what the property's worth, right? And so generally that's, um, you know, pretty aggressive number and then you get a valuation and then you take an assessment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're finding, um, you know, in a couple of these recent deals where actually the borrower set a number and then the actual valuation came in in excess of the borrower's number. To me, that's bizarre. That just doesn't generally happen. But it is that hot where agents are saying, you know, it's a week-by-week -week thing. Um, I've got people lined up. Uh, what's the property worth in that type of market? Who knows? You know? Yeah. How many crazy people in a room? 
<laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, you know the, 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 we don't have necessarily the the overseas buyers like we used to. No, um, no. Or, or do you? Or you? I mean, you're sort of closer to the the property market than I am. Are, are there are there offshore buyers, or is it just local people that are? I, I, I don't think so. Not, not, not from what I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing people are. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of different cycles within the one property market of, of, of Australia, but um, I, I, you know, it's cashed up people that you know. I think it's the billions of dollars that, that that would otherwise be spent in Europe and overseas and holidays and blah blah blah. All that stuff's just building wads of cash, and people want to do things. I mean, tradies try and get a tradie in this market. It's right. tough. Try and get try and get construction done on your house. Try and get you know, like all that stuff. They're loving it. The tradies are loving this environment because we're all spending money. We're either pumping it into our houses or we're flipping the, you know, flipping properties and buying another one because we're bored and we're at home more and suddenly we need a bigger house. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the at-home thing, I think, has probably generated that. I mean, that's definitely made the kind of coastal and southern islands and all those kind of areas which otherwise people would say, oh, you know, that's a holiday house. I think people are saying that's that's going to be my principal place of residence. I can live there now because I'm only working two days a week. So that's a big change. Yeah, I mean, look, why, why the hell would you deal with the rat race of Sydney? Like now, yeah, exactly. I, 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 one of my staff just told me that uh, she was watching Gladys and now we've got to wear masks on the trains again. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, and bloody hell, you know, okay. Yep. But, you know, or I could be, I don't know, where did you say, Goulburn? You didn't say, where did you say? Down the well, Southern Islands. Southern Islands, Islands. Or, yep, yep, You know, Central yep. Coast, uh, yep. you know, Blue Mountains. And, uh, Probably without a mortgage, without a mortgage, you know, yeah. near the beach, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what, am, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> and I, I guess, I mean, do you ever, um, does, does, I mean, as a property lender, I mean, does it worry you? That the market will suddenly run out of steam, and you know that the, the house prices might collapse, or or you just 100%. yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. um, um, I, I think you know the adage of when you're valuing properties, um, it's really dangerous to look through the rearview mirror. You should always be looking through the you know the the windscreen, right? And so look ahead and try and predict where things are going. You know, in this market is is very complicated. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to value stuff in this market. Very complicated, right? Um, we'll, we'll come. We'll come back to that in a second because uh, I'm interested to, to to get your thoughts on that. Um, but I mean, in the US in particular, but also in Europe and arguably in Australia, you know, if you wanted to destroy the, and this is where I get a little bit sort of tinfoil hat. Um, so forgive me for this, but, um, you know, if you wanted to destroy the currency, I mean, short of just going into the Reserve Bank and setting fire to every every note, mm -hmm. place, you know, the, 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 the way that th there's so much money being printed, okay? I've, mm -hmm. I've lost track of how much is being printed in the States. And, you know, if, if, the, if currency is going to be run into the ground, then why wouldn't you, why, you know, property is probably a safe haven. I'm, people talk about mm -hmm. gold as a safe haven, uh, no, I don't see why property's not a safe haven either. Not that I'm encouraging people to necessarily buy property, but what are your thoughts there? Look, it's hard, it's hard to argue it. Um, um, I guess the question is where, where are you going to put your money if you're not putting it in property? Um, you're certainly not going to put it in the bank um, uh, and get your 0.5 or God knows whatever else you're getting in a term deposit at the moment, not much. Um, you know, obviously you look at the equity markets and, and um, you know, they're pretty hot. Um, so you're going to put it there? I, I don't know. Um, 
I think Australians just lend towards, the, you know, the the property as a backbone to where their investments sit anyway. So it's got a natural um, natural flow anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was listening to uh, Ross Greenwood this morning on Sky News, and uh, he was talking about super funds. Apparently, the government's bringing a thing in where you'll be you'll be able to easily compare the returns of super funds. And you know, a lot of super funds are getting ten percent, and that's because they're invested in the market. And you know, they yeah. made the comment, "Oh, well, if you if your super fund didn't get ten percent, then you should switch." And I'm thinking, well, actually, that depends because you know there is a a risk return uh, sort of profile, and uh, we will we will talk risk return, but not right now. My producer's probably thinking I should throw up that graph, but not just yet. Um, now, of course, then there's cryptocurrency as well, which I I like Warren Buffett's description of it as rat poison. But uh, you're not. You're can't, get, can't, get around around that one. can't get married around that one. No, no, no. And, and look, you know, there's two guys. I'd like to think that both you and I have a rough idea of what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and we're not into the cryptos. So there you go. Now, of course, there'd be some 21 year old who's probably made, uh, you know, half a million bucks out of the stuff. And I had, I, had an Uber, I had an Uber driver drive me six months ago and said that he was into it. And I, I thought that was not a bad sign for me not to buy. Well, so, well, Paul Keating, Paul Keating used to say the pet shop parrot. So maybe the modern equivalent of that is your Uber driver. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And tell me, you, I asked you the other day about your valuations and you said that you, you do them yourself? Uh, yeah, so we've effectively got a valuation um, business that sits within us that we leverage and, and, and right. they do all our assessments. So, so yeah, we, we don't have to send a valuer out. We, we can, we've got the right people within the business to do it. So that's us just trying to be fast and nimble and um, uh, and I guess we can do that because it's our own money. So yeah. we don't have to conform to someone else's box about how we lend. So, so it's an in-house capability as opposed to a DIY, yeah. if, if you... If yeah. You know. yeah. So yeah. it yeah. so like, wouldn't be like me doing my own vows personally going, well, I reckon... No, 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 no. no. So you've got, it's, you've it's got a, someone, yeah. I've got a valuation business that works yeah. within our yeah. business yeah. And, um, and they make the assessments for us and... Okay. I'll worry about a little bit less about you in that case. What, um, what, 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 and how do you how do you find that their assessments compared to, you know, someone someone wants to do a deal and very often they've got valuations. You know, the bank did a valuation three months ago, or you know, the local agents done something. And do you, do you find that you're generally on the money with them, or you generally, you know, how do you? Yeah, look, I think in this market it's it's harder just because. Um, you know, last month or two months ago, three months ago, vows um, are, um, you know, generally the price has gone up. So um, it's just that function of, of thinking about um, sustainable um, deals and sustainable valuations. You know, if, if you're going to be in a property in a deal for 12 months, you've got to think about that cycle because you're, you're taking a position in a property for 12 months. You're not taking it in today's hot market for one month. So... It's, you know, tenure of loans, volatility of the market um, and, um, you know, I guess taking, making sure you're taking positions that are sustainable. And um, with, with respect to competition, um, are you finding that you're competing head-to-head -head for deals with other, you know, yeah. lenders such as yourself or are the brokers discerning that they know that if it's for you, it's for you or how, what, you know, when, you, when, when something lands on your desk? It's just generally yourself, or are you in a drag race? It, it depends um, what the driver is to the deal. Um, so around speed, um, so you know, we could we could fund a 
$10 million deal in 24 hours, 48 hours, right? And so um, that capability, there's not much of that capability. And so if, if it's leveraging to our strengths, then generally we'll be probably the only one around. Big seconds, very quick, um, uh, it's us. Um, and there might be one or two others that are that are that are trying, um, and then that's brand and making sure that you know you position yourself correctly, you behave correctly in the market, and you know as you would know, Nick, there's there's a ton of um, people that pretend they've got money, and then there's a ton of people that um, have money, but you wouldn't want to be at the end of the deal when, um, if things don't match up. And I think we've seen a fair bit of that in the market. There's a lot of deals being priced at crazy returns on the way in but as I try to tell the brokers um, you know judge a deal by how much you pay when you've been when the deals repaid and a lot of our deals end up needing extensions and um, they come back for additional money or things change and things vary and so that's that should be priced in I think when you're thinking about um, decisions because you know I see a lot of um, borrowers getting uh, you know, hurt in this market because they've gone for the, the the light deal at the beginning, and the guy that put the money out, he does, he's not making any money out of that that money coming in. He's banking on you not paying at the end, and then it's 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 not pretty. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I guess it raises a number of questions. Um, I'll just I'll just note we have got a question on cryptocurrency which we'll come to. So I've got a, an anonymous, <laughs> is that because uh, we said because we said we hate it and we know nothing about well, it? Well, I'll, I'll bring the I'll just quickly I'll quickly show the question now and then we'll come back to that topic that you just raised. But uh, we, it, it says hi both. You mentioned cryptocurrencies. Are you aware of the advent of DeFi, decentralized finance? This effectively removes the middleman. So maybe something to look into and study. Um, I'm not. I've not, I'm not familiar with DeFi. No. Is that uh, that's not? No. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, in our own ways, um, Mark, we are both. Uh, we are both into disintermediation, in, in as much as you know, we make our own market. We're not going through the banking system. So, uh, to yep. some extent, we. I don't know if we're DeFi'd or or, or not. Um, so, so let me tell you one of the beefs that I have, and I wonder if you come across this as well. I mean, you, you've, as I say, you've been doing it for five years. You've got a track record of completing deals. And, you know, I, I see your LinkedIn posts, you know, where you, uh, your little brags, which are great because that's the way people know that you're doing stuff, where you say, listen, we've just done a, a $7 million yep. deal in 36 hours or whatever it might yep. be. Yep. Um, what, one, of the, one of the issues that I have, and I've got one right now, where... Um, uh, you know, the deals come to us, and the deals should have come to us in the first place, but it's yeah. gone around the world. And, and one of the places it's gone is to a broker, not the broker that's brought it to us, but a broker who promised the world was not able to, to deliver, but in the, in, along the way they've, they've taken security over trucks and property. Um, do, do you yeah. find much of that? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, where, where all of a sudden, you know, not only do you have to pay out the bank and provide the money for the bridging, whatever it is, but you got some other broker that couldn't do the deal, holding the hand out for thirty grand in, in. Uh, well, there's two things I see. I see the first one, which is um, uh, brokers that pretend they've got money um, yeah. will put out a deal and then um, obviously not deliver it and come up with a and you know some reason and then try and hold a caveat to you know to extract you know 100 grand or whatever the hell the number is that they're saying that they're they're out so that's the first one so then and then the second one is um where a funder um says here's the term sheet 
and then says subject to val, gets the val and then crushes the val and then says, I know you wanted three, but I can only give you two. And then the client says, well, well that doesn't work for me. And they go, well, we're still offering it to you, so we're, we're going to put a caveat on. So they're the two yeah. things. And then by the time we get there, then you're like, well, okay, now I've got to deal with probably some broker issue. I've got to deal with some lender establishment fee. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the spiral of death for, um, for the borrower. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw one uh, a year or so. It was just before COVID, and there was, you know, there, it was just an, oh, there was two or two or three hundred thousand dollars worth of fees for nothing. Yeah, uh, yep. and I, I say, look, if you if you if you say to the client, "I can deliver a deal that looks like this," and you deliver yep. a deal that looks like that, and the client changes their mind, I think you're yep. entitled to to recover some of the costs. But if the client, if you change your mind and you're suddenly offering half the money, well, yep. you're not delivering. Um, the other, the the um, the other the other thing along those lines, I suppose, is uh, of course you know when they do come to you last, I you know I get I get the deal where that they've had bad treatment from two or three other uh, brokers and lenders, and um, and then I say okay, well I can look at this, but you know I'm going to need to value your trucks, and that's going to cost yep. five thousand bucks. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, but I already paid twenty grand to the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I know that, but unless you get the other guy to pay for my valuation, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you get a bit of that as well. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're exhausted sometimes by the time they get to you, and they've been stuffed over by so many different people that yeah. I, I get it. I actually mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, look, I think the lesson is, uh, and look, I know we're sort of uh, self-serving here, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to deal with people that have got a bit of experience. It's as simple as that. I also worry about some of these new lenders. We, we've seen deals where, um, again, you know, two or three years ago, you would have had to pay out the bank and, you know, maybe provide a bit of extra working capital. But now you're paying out the bank. Plus, you're paying out fintech number one, fintech number two, mm -hmm. fintech number three, and uh, even actually, even some mortgage lenders, they don't really seem to have a handle on the way things work and uh, are, you, are you seeing a bit of that as well yeah i mean there's you know the prospers and all those guys um, um all these little fintechs that give you know small or small loans with you know no information um you end up having to roll up all these different i mean probably more relevant i would have thought maybe to you just in terms of the way your gsa structuring and all that for me it's I'm generally more skewed towards the property. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of those businesses with tons of those little guys, all little loans, all everyone just having their own little bite within them. Now, uh, let's let's have a look at uh, just sort of on the topic of competition and new lenders and what have you. I've got a graph here. <laughs> this is a very rudimentary graph that I, I stole from the internet, the, the yield risk, risk return graph. And, um, you know, it's it, the idea is obviously the higher the risk, uh, the higher the return. And, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of, you know, uh, fund, you know, funds and private lenders who are complaining that they, they're seeing deals that don't necessarily, the risk is high. Uh, yeah. They want to, they want a price for risk. But, yeah. you know, there's some newcomer who is... Uh, you know, maybe looking at the deal less, like you said, not looking at any information, not really appreciating the risk, taking on more risk and doing the deal at, at lower at lower rates. Are you, yeah. you, you, I guess you were, you were saying that you've done a bit of a study of the compression in rates or you've got a bit of anecdotal feel on that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just thinking about, so 24 months ago, the cash rate was was 1%. Um, 
cash rates now 0.1, right? And so 900 compression. Um, and then I thought about well, what is that compression? How has that looked in our market in terms of um, you know, doing deals? And so I, I would I would say I would say two years ago, first mortgage rates, private lending space, it would be pretty hard to get a first mortgage deal under in the in the private lending space. Remember, um, probably. 8%, 9%, some, something in, in that. That would have been right? attractive rates, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's probably the standard type of rate. that. So, And now in this market, I would say that you can get, depending on the deal, but, but there are deals being done in this market at fives to sixes, right? And so, mm-hmm. so you look at the differential and that compression on one side and the other, then what does that, what does that tell you? Uh, I mean, A, it tells you the differential in private lending to bank funding rates is very low, so not a significant no. difference. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I think it tells you is, um, and I think it's really just really started to compress in the last 12 months, I think a lot of that money sat out, it sat in the term deposits, it, it stared at the ceiling and said, no, 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 I need more money, I need more return, and then it's now thinking, well, I'm going to have to take a return. So I, I, I'm seeing um, a lot more people I've had a lot of people come to us and say, you know, can you manage our money? And and I, and, and those conversations 12, 24 months ago was, I need 9%, I need 10%, blah, blah, blah. That conversation now is, I'll take fours, I'll take fives. Yeah, so don't, um, don't make me take half a percent that I'm getting at the bank. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So that way I mean, is coming yeah. in. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I guess, if you, let's say, You've got ten million bucks, and who's got ten million yep. bucks? You know, point one percent of the population. But you got ten yep. million bucks sitting <laughs> at the bank. You're earning a hundred grand a year. Yep. Uh, you're not keeping up with inflation. You know, um, it's you know, it's so. And and the banks want the money anywhere but on their own balance sheets. They want it out. Yep. They don't want deposits. You know, the banks are yep. actively uh, discouraging depositors. Um, yep. And and you talk about you know investors a few years ago. I mean, there was a time when um, you know, when we started our business, you had to go around, you know, please, sir, can I have some money? Uh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. days, yeah. you know, these days getting investors is, is not the issue. It's, it's the, no. you know, any, if, if they can put their money anywhere but the bank, um, then, then, uh, then they're happy with that. You know, the stock well, market has been performing. I, and I was going to say, I think, I think the, the asset class generally, um, you know, was a bit stinky a couple of years ago with all the pool mortgage funds falling out, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I think people... Probably retreated, um, and but I think now it's becoming a lot more of an you know that I guess there's contributing mortgage schemes. You know, some of the structuring has fixed some of the issues. I think within that, within um, you know, within the funding into the, into this asset class. But I think just more generally, people uh, are now looking at it and saying, well, so I can get four or five percent and probably be seventy percent of the property market in value. That feels like an okay trade in terms of risk and return. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now you, you obviously spin deals around very quickly. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you, you sort of turn around more or less in twenty four hours. But um, I know that I've seen a few articles of late, and I've got one here where Judo Bank has been complaining. Uh, you know, they're, when uh, and they're, they're in a different, obviously in a very different space to you and I. But nonetheless, yeah, they might be looking at taking out one of the big four banks and they're saying it's taking up to 60 days um, to be able to coordinate a refinance. 
Um, are you are you finding that as well? Yeah, and, and, and it probably drives two things for us. Um, so that that um, that slow pace on exit probably drives more seconds to us. So so um, we've done a fair few seconds in the last three months, um, and that's just because uh, you know if it's going to take you sixty days to pay out um, CBA or whoever it is, um, but you need the money. And you can't wait sixty days. Then your your options are take a second to deal with it or refinance the whole piece. So so that's driving the second market. The flip side of that sixty days actually is um, that time frame, that kind of stalling and and speed issue is on the other side also, which is the application side. And I think mm-hmm. for us that's driven again that kind of that drives the someone buying a property, someone doing a transaction. You know, brokers are telling me they they would have say twenty four months ago they would have a response from a bank one to two weeks. Yep, like the deal. What about this? What about that? Let's go. That time frame now is um, up to a month, and that up to a month isn't. Here's your signed approval. Let's go. That's yep. Got it. Thanks for that, Barry. Looks okay. What about this? What about that? So. You know, these time frames are ridiculous, really, in this market. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I guess traditionally the deal would go to the bank and let's say it's a, a manufacturer of blue widgets and the bank doesn't like manufacturers of blue widgets. They look at it straight away and say, listen, never mind what's in this deal. We don't, that industry is not for us. But now it's taking them, you know, 21 days, 30 days just to say, oh, no, no, we, we could have told you if we just looked at the file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do yeah, blue yeah. widgets. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's um, that's definitely an issue. Um and yeah, so so that 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 certainly makes them um, makes them stickier. Where what what now? You were saying that one of the big drivers for business for you at the moment is bridging. You know this bridging stuff, particularly where people are buying properties. So you know that would account for why you you know the, the property market's red hot. So obviously you're busy uh, in yep. that space. I mean, what are the drivers for you more traditionally? I mean, like for example. You know, ATO or any of that sort of stuff. Like in our space, it's people getting in trouble with the ATO, and that's a symptom of of cash flow issues. I mean, yep. what, is that a driver in your space? Or um, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, so probably not in the last twenty four months. Um, although I, I, you know, I had a look at the deals we did in the last three months, and so we've probably done about four four of them. I would categorise as Kind of lends into insolvency practitioners that are doing restructures in the background. So, yeah. um, so they're not going to push the button on an insolvency. They're in the background helping businesses kind of recapitalize, and and there's a um, a property element to that. And um, you know, we're coming in and giving the um, you know effectively the cash flow to allow them to deal with the you know the, the issues that they've got from a creditor base. So. So fair bit of that. Um, I haven't seen that kind of ATO pressure um, debt issue yet. Um, I don't know whether you're seeing that in your world yet, but I haven't seen a great deal of that pressure yet. It must be out there. But, yeah, um, look, I was I was talking to um, I was talking to uh, someone yesterday who does a lot with the ATO and said that the ATO. I think the ATO was reading the paper and seeing that you know. The economy is uh, theoretically booming, so they're, I'm mm-hmm. told they're back to business as usual. 
and not just back right. to business as usual on pre-COVID debt, but just across the board. Sure. Uh, so that'll take some time to manifest itself, but uh, I'm assured that, that, that that's that that's definitely the case. Um, so, um, so, so really, yeah, a lot of your business is more prop, it's property industry transaction based. You're saying before we went live that you're not you're not necessarily doing a lot in the development space. No, I mean we, we so we probably our, our niche would be part complete developments. <clears throat> Um, so, so we often come in at the end of a development where there's been either an issue or a, um, you know, they need a couple of million bucks to finish it and they don't want to go back to the bank because, you know, you don't go and ask for things halfway through the process with the bank. So, so we, we, we do a fair bit of the part complete developments. That would be a niche for us in the market. You're taking a little bit of completion risk there. Uh, do you know what? I, I, I like part complete developments way better than 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 um, you know developments out of the ground. I mean, I, I my, my brain looks at it and says, you're you're out of the ground. Um, you can I can walk into the building and feel the finishes, so I know now the quality. I can line up most of the certifications in the build, um, and I and I know, um, you know, maybe I'm six months out from finishing. I roughly know what the pre-sales look like. I know. What market they're, what financing market they're settling into, and whether they're in or out of the money, and the likelihood of people selling. So I, I love, I love the, the kind of part completes. Uh, a lot of other funders hate them because I think they think there's an implicitly higher risk in it. I, I, I kind of think of it the other way around. So we don't do a lot of from where to go construction funding just because there's tons of people in that space. We'll do them now and then, but there's tons of people. So I don't need to be in a market where there's tons of people. No, look, I mean, one of the reasons I don't do, like, I don't touch development um, and there's, you know, it's just not what we do. But yeah. I also think that if a, if a development is crossing my desk, you know, what yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. You know, well, like, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who, who are the 10 people that are actually in development that turn the deal down? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we, they're, they're experts and they know where to look uh, for the spiders. And uh, I don't necessarily know where to look for all those spiders, but I guess you're saying, look, once it's out of the ground, and but but and once you've got a name, uh, you know, once you've got a reputation for being able to step into those situations and get them completed, yep. then um, then happy days. Listen, Mark, we're beginning to run it a little bit out of time, okay. so um, I want you to pull your crystal ball out and uh, tell me how do you see the rest of the rest of the year playing out. We're sort of nearly at the end of the financial year. How do you how do you think? What's the run into Christmas going to look like? Do you think? Uh, well, I think for us, look, rates aren't going anywhere. That seems clear. So I think a ton, of, ton more money is coming into that private, into our private space. So is there going to be more compression of yield? I don't know. Um, potentially, I think we'll be busy up till you know for the next six months. Just because I still think this property cycle's got a got a got a way to run. The you know when none of us are going overseas potentially for the next year, two years. That's a, that's just a heavy weight of capital um, that's going to be bored and, and looking to do something and most of us do something with property. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think as long as the property market's moving and there's um, tra and it's transactional, you know, we, we spit off the back of those transactions. So I think we'll be busy for the next um, six to 12 months. Are we going to love the yields floating around? Maybe not. I probably loved them better 24 months ago. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hoping your prediction, Nick, of... Um, all these cheap guys coming in who don't know what they're doing. Let's let's hope um, um, maybe Corkwood is doing their insolvency in, in the next twelve months. Well, well, you know the thing is, you know, the, in the lending business, the easy part is 
lending the money out, you know. The hard part is getting it back again because, yep. uh, you know, nobody ever think. well, very often they don't think, you know, oh, you know, they don't think they have to give it back, you know, or yep. people don't think yep. through the consequences. And I think one of the problems is that, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, pop-up funds and pop-up uh, mortgage lenders are thinking, well, yep. you know, what can go wrong? You know, I'm lending yep. 80% of the value of the property. And I'll tell you what, even if property prices just don't go anywhere or property prices still increase, you know, if it's going to take you two years to to realise on a property, you know, yep. uh, watch what happens to your returns then. So, uh, yep. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, look, uh, thank you very much, Mark. We had a, a no yeah, had enjoyed enjoyed chatting to you. Do, you. do you get out of the office much, or are you are the deals just sort of flowing into your inbox, or do you do you find yourself getting out and about, or how does it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of get around the country a fair bit. Um, yeah. Probably probably a third of our deals come through our just call it the core quarters group network, and then yep. the rest come through brokers and um, you know um, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a mix. Well, I hope you haven't been to any uh, Redfern or uh, Vaucluse cafes. Um, I'm flying out to Northern Territory tomorrow to go to Kakadu for two weeks. So that's uh, <laughs> right. unless Gladys tells me that I can't um, yeah. by the end of today, I think that's where I'm going. So. Oh, well, good luck. Oh, well, very good. Very good. Well, yeah. uh, good luck with that. Oh, you'll, you'll have a great cool. time. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mark Hutchins no from uh, Secure Thanks. Lending. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.